0: Um, so we all deal with our mental health in different ways. Um, so my way of dealing with it might may be a little bit different to yours. So how do you suggest that we go about supporting our friends or other people when they're going through diff- difficult times?
1: Um, you know, earlier people used to say treat other people the way that they want to be. No hanger. What was it? The way that
0: you want to be treated.
1: Exactly. <laughs> Um, So, earlier people used to say, uh, treat other people the way that you want to be treated, but now we say treat other people the way that they want to be treated. So, ask them what they want.
0: Hi, and welcome to the Tribes for Good podcast. We are a high-impact platform that helps individuals take action on social and environmental causes that they care about. In each episode, we chat to new guests who are entrepreneurs, leaders, and professors who will be sharing their social impact journey with us. You can follow us on social media at Tribes for Good and listen to the stories of change that will inspire you to join us in creating a better world. We hope you enjoy these chats as much as we do. Today we have with us Biravi, founder of Mitra Trust. Their focus is on making mental well-being information and tools engaging and accessible. Viravi is a psychologist and an Amani Social Innovation Management Fellow. She has a deep passion for mental wellness, social innovation, digital health, and youth leadership. She enjoys writing, and a few of her articles have even gone viral. So, welcome to the Tribes for Good podcast. We are so excited to have you with us today. Thank you. I'm really excited to be here. So with Traps for Good, we mainly work with Gen Z and millennials through our various programs, such as the Young Changemakers program and the Social Entrepreneurship program and a couple of others. And we've noticed how many students are drawn towards causes related to mental health. And as a millennial myself, I completely understand why. However, a lot of people aren't sure where to start. So how can people get involved in mental health organizations or even maybe start their own initiative within the field? i'm a millennial as well and i i i run a mental health organization so
1: it's it's true that um more than the generation before us we have been really vocal about it but i'm definitely seeing it with gen z way more than millennials like they come out swinging straight out of high school and even 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 during high school right they've got like uh, advocacy work going on around it and they're already identified causes and you know they're really um, interested in it. So um, for me, the way that I'd look at it is look at something, even if it's mental health, like figure out what it is that relates to you personally. What is it that you see around you? It could be with your family, it could be with your friends, or it could just be a reflection of your own life. Like what are some of the things that have happened um, that you feel like you'd like to talk about or you'd like to do something or you'd like to help towards? Um, and base, base it on that. So keep it very focused on you because um, like we've just said, there are so many people that are looking at supporting causes, getting involved. Um, and you feel, with, in, in a cause, especially with mental health, and I see this with volunteers constantly, when they're personally engaged to the topic and why we do what we do, it, it just it comes from within, from really deep within you can see them embodying um, some of the values that we hold really closely, like being empathetic, being non Um, So even in terms of how they talk about some of their friends and what they might be going through, um, they're very, very conscious of the language that they use and how they approach it. So they kind of start embodying uh, what we preach and that's awesome. And you don't see that with everybody. So yeah, I, I just say like, connect within, see what's going on around you, your own life and uh, do it based
0: on that. And are there any opportunities to get involved with your organization?
1: Yeah, I mean, recently we just um, had a huge uh, recruitment drive. We had over 50 applicants for a tiny little position, uh, which was going to be for a social media intern, Uh, communication and outreach more than social media. And uh, we had 50 applications from across the country. And it was pretty incredible because um, it showed me two things. We were looking at uh, students who were currently in college or who just finished high school and were figuring out college. So the age group was um, really specific. But the number of people that applied, I wasn't expecting that. It really showed me that um, young people today are very, very eager to work. They're very eager to work for causes that they believe in. And they're willing to put themselves out there and better on themselves because recruitment processes aren't always easy. And we did ours in a traditional way with like multiple rounds and levels and finalized three and onboarded one person. So um, it was quite a journey. It was incredible to see the number of people that applied. So just keep an eye out on our Instagram page. And that's where we post. That's where we're most active as well. Um, and they'll get to know if there are any opportunities.
0: I definitely think that's one of the great things about the Gen Z c- um, generation is that they like, they wholeheartedly back themselves and it's just so nice to see because I feel like a lot of um, sort of like millennials don't really back themselves all the time, um, yeah. I've definitely seen that even with myself and with my friends, um, mm-hmm. big thing. So I had a really interesting chat with Tenor Pick from Project Kull about how showing our vulnerability and expressing our emotions is difficult but so beneficial, especially for men. And even though it's more socially acceptable to be vulnerable as a woman, I still struggle with it, even though I know I will feel so much better after chatting about it to someone. So do you have any tips on how best to start the conversation?
1: It's really interesting because um, we do these sessions called Let's Discuss the May, and we do like pandemic during the May, the May during a pandemic, and sessions like this. And uh, we have a lot of people that come in and just talk to strangers. And there's zero uh, inhibitions around it because they're there for themselves. And some of them are like, and my friends don't understand what I'm going through. My family doesn't understand what I'm going through. People around me don't get what, what it is. Um, and a suggestion that often comes up during the group is to find something that they connect to. So if you're talking to an older parent, um, Think of a hero, somebody that they basically worship, that they idolize. Um, if you're talking to a man, like there was a lot that went down with the cricket teams in Australia, India. I think across the world, a lot of them started talking about mental health last year. Um, look at sports people, look at people who are excelling in their fields and who've started talking about mental health. And use that as a, you know, as a stepping point. Um, you can use music, you can use TV shows. 13 Reasons Why was a huge opener. Uh, for a lot of conversations between uh, parents and their teens. And um, just watching shows like that with a trusted adult in itself is incredible because you get to discuss what's happening and then they get to hear so much about your life, which they then wouldn't you know, usually know. And these are usually secrets that we keep to ourselves as teens. We often feel the burden of the world on our shoulders because we're keeping so many secrets, so many people. Um, so watching shows, engaging with media, and using that as a way to talk about it and express it is a great way to, you know, start those conversations. And now, especially with Gen Z and with some of the millennials, the conversation is also moving beyond gender binaries. So it's no longer just about uh, men and women. It's 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 just across all genders. So it's just human beings in general and how they are. And uh, when when it comes to vulnerability, for me, Brené Brown is queen, king, savior, everything. (laughs) Um, And what she preaches, what she teaches, what she researches is just so special and is something that um, all of us need to dig into. So what she talks about vulnerability very specifically is saying, don't be vulnerable with anybody. Be vulnerable with people who have earned that. So, how does somebody earn that? They earn that by you seeing their behavior, you seeing that they're not talking uh, bad about other people, that they're not repeating other people's secrets, um, how they react to situations that other people are in. So, over time, you kind of, um, they're basically showing you with their words, with their actions, um, that they can be depended on and they're reliable. And that's when you then you know, choose to share your most vulnerable, deepest secrets with them, uh, whatever invisible struggles that you're going through. Um, Oftentimes, we tend to be a part of groups, especially as teens, or we feel like we're completely outcast and that we're really lonely and we're really isolated and we don't have anybody to talk to. Um, And we we open up really quickly and uh, get hurt. So this is a really nice way for us to not get hurt, because once we get hurt, the tendency is then to kind of um, close ourselves off and not open up again especially then because it's just so much of pain that you trusted somebody you let them in um and they they broke your trust so when you're being vulnerable always be vulnerable be courageous uh and brandy defines vulnerability as courage and strength so when you're doing that just make sure that the person that you're doing that with deserves that from you deserves to listen to your story
0: yeah that's a really nice way of looking at it um but if you aren't quite ready to speak to someone even if you really do trust them. How would you, how is it best to show up for yourself? Um, I love this question
1: because I think that's the most work that we need to do which is our own relationship with ourselves Um, and during this entire pandemic you know the the number of people that have reached out saying what can I do for self-care, how do I balance my life, Um, things just seem so overwhelming, how do I engage with this, I'm not sure and the simplest thing is to just feel your feelings. As, as, as simple as it sounds, it's one of the hardest things to do. To feel your feelings is really, really hard. So validate what you're going through, feel your feelings. Um, engage in those conversations with yourself. If you journal, that's great. If you don't, please start. Find some ways of like expressing yourselves. It could be doodling, it could be art, it could be dance, it could be singing. Um, it could just be moving your body. And anything that you do to express yourself uh, while you engage with that emotion so that you're learning to let it out. That's really important. So we do these sessions uh, every week called Doodles for the Mayor. And um, we basically teach young people to connect with their emotion and to let it out. And most of, I'm sure while most people are listening, they're sitting and like doodling in the corner of their books, right? And it's something that we do with our minds very switched off. Like we're listening, we're paying attention and we're doodling. So um, Advaita, our facilitator, was like, hey, let's figure out a way where we get people to engage with their emotions, doodle and connect with their breathing. So they're engaging with something overwhelming that they're going through, overwhelming thoughts, overwhelming emotions, they're getting it out on paper through specific dashes and strokes and whatever. And they're also breathing through it. And that way, they're learning tools to engage with themselves, to uh, self-reflect and to self-express um that's something that we believe in really strongly
0: yeah i definitely can relate to um journaling especially um i find especially when i've got a lot going on in my head and i start journaling like things come out that i didn't even realize were affecting me and it's it's so good to actually get it out and realize what is actually going on in my head Mm -hmm. yeah um, so we all deal with our mental health in different ways. Um, so my way of dealing with it might, may be a little bit different to yours. So how do you suggest that we go about supporting our friends or other people when they're going through diff- difficult times?
1: Um, you know, earlier people used to say, treat other people the way that they want to be. No, hang on. What was it? The way
0: that you want to be treated.
1: Exactly. <laughs> Um, so earlier people used to say, uh, treat other people the way that you want to be treated. But now we say treat other people the way that they want to be treated. So ask them what they want. My own friend circle and I, we've started doing this where when we want to vent, when we want to talk about something, we just check in and we're like, Hey, I'm going to, I really want to talk about something. Are you in the mind space to hear it? Um, and just that act in itself, because they're then giving your consent and Thinking about consent this way is not something that too many people do because we feel the sense of entitlement over our friends and our family, or whoever it is that we're close to. We feel a sense of entitlement to their time and to their mind space. But if anything, the pandemic has taught us is that everybody is going through something. So by just checking in with the other person saying, hey, I have something I want to talk about. Um, are you open to listening? Are you open to getting into this right now? That can be one way to just start. The second thing to do is to ask them. So let's say they start and they share, um, ask them what, what, what you want. So what is it that you want? Do you want me to give you a solution? Do you want me to just like listen? Um, what is it that you want from me? And based on that, do that. Because a lot of times we tend to jump into like solutions like, oh, you're facing these issues. Come, let's do ABC. They might not even be ready for that. Um, they might still be processing and they might just still be talking to you because they want to vent and express what they're going through, not necessarily looking at solutions. So validate their emotions, uh, validate the situation that they're in. If they're saying I'm feeling horrible, don't be like, you can't feel horrible. Look at all the good things that are going on in your life. Like, you don't have a right to feel horrible. Don't do that. Don't invalidate what they're feeling. Say. Horrible. Yeah, sure you are. I get that. But also, you know, you also feel other things. You're more than just this horrible feeling. And that's something that we don't uh, remember when we're feeling not OK. That's the only feeling that we think we will ever feel. Um, and it's important for us to have that conversation with ourselves and say, hey, I'm not this feeling. I'm more than this feeling, especially when we're in it at that point in time. So, yeah. So when you're dealing with a friend, when you're dealing with somebody that. Um, You'd like to support, um, check in with them, see if they're ready to listen to whatever it is you have to say. When they do share, ask them uh, what they want out of it, and always listen with um, that intention of being non-judgmental, of being empathetic, of holding space, and treat them the way that they want to be treated.
0: If you have a burning desire to make a difference but aren't sure how, join our Young Change Makers program. This part-time virtual program introduces participants to the basics of running a social enterprise, sustainability, social impact, and innovation through group discussions, expert-led workshops, and learn by doing modules. Join us in solving real issues and creating a better world. Yeah, I love that um, actually asking for consent, because I mean, I know that I'm guilty of it, where I'm just throw it onto someone else just because I'm feeling so overwhelmed or so upset. Yeah. I don't actually think about maybe they're going through something as well. Um, I read a really interesting article on Business Insider about how millennials and Gen Zs are more cognizant about their mental health. And this awareness is helping to destigmatize seeking help through therapy. But when you should seek professional help.
1: You know, um, in India, though, it's really interesting that um, we, we did a study earlier this year, okay, and uh, we were looking at uh, so India has the highest rate of youth suicides in the world um and specifically with students and we were trying to understand um what are the causes systemic what are the systemic causes and as part of that we did a survey and we reached out to students in colleges across the country and we saw that you know um they're very aware of what mental health is they have a lot of awareness as to what it is they know what the myths are they're very well informed uh most of them are open about talking uh, about what it is that they're going through or even saying that, yes, I've been through something or I know somebody has been through something. What they don't do, however, is seek help. So this gap of understanding that, hey, I'm not okay, yet I don't want to seek help is huge. So this help-seeking barrier is huge in India. And we, we're trying to understand why. Uh, we're trying to get that conversation to, what, it, what is it that stops you from seeking help? And we've got the usual suspects. One is that, you know, especially when you're young, it's quite expensive. You can't afford it. Um, Therapy is not cheap in India. Two, you have, um, you then have to go talk to a family member or an adult to get that money. They might gaslight you completely and tell you that it's okay. Everything that you're doing is fine. It's normal at this age. This is how it is. Buck up, get on with life, whatever. They You know, they might just completely and totally invalidate what it is that you're feeling. Um, so a lot of times people don't even feel the, they don't have the courage to talk to their parents or they've tried to talk and then they're completely and totally knocked down. These are some of the issues that, that we face in actually seeking help. And it's a very India specific um, issue that's there. The barriers to seeking help are really high. And then we've got all the other sort of cultural um, issues that come in and um, languages, geography, there's just so many things that are there. But that said, with the pandemic, um, more people have been reaching out. It's high, the use of services now is highest that it's ever been, which is great. But that isn't saying that everybody who needs it is actually reaching out. Um, they're, not, they're not. So the question, the larger question is, what is it going to take for you to reach out? And my invitation to all the young people there who are interested in mental health is to solve for this problem. Solve for this problem. Look around you. Look at the number of people that are in therapy. Are you in therapy? Um, figure out why. why you, know. you know that you're not okay. What is it that stops you from going and seeking help? What is it that stops other people from going and seeking help? Uh, what's the right time to get therapy whenever you acknowledge that you're not okay? The minute you know you're not feeling okay, that's the best time to go get help. You don't need to wait for it to get really bad because that's the other thing we hear. I'm not okay, but I'm not that bad. Like, I could be worse. I'm not there yet, so I don't need therapy. And that's something that we hear constantly. Uh, And this is even from people who've had therapy before, who've gotten on a break or stopped for some time. They're like, I'm not that bad. When you're not feeling okay, it's a great time to just start therapy. You don't have to wait for it to get worse. Um, If people around you are telling you that, hey, something seems off, are you okay? Um, And you haven't realized it yourself, great invitation to kind of check in with yourself and be like, is this something that I need to get looked at? Is this something that, you know, a therapist needs to get into and, and check and see? So, um, and your basics of eating, sleeping, um, your activities, are you interested? Are you eating too much? Are you eating too little? Are you sleeping too much? Are you sleeping too little? Um, you know, if, if you're partying a lot, um, are, are you doing it way more than you usually would? So you have to look at it for yourself and not compare yourself to other people. So if you're somebody that sleeps eight hours and you're only sleeping four hours, you know that that's not okay. While if somebody else only sleeps five hours and they're only sleeping four hours, it's, it's not that much of a difference for them. So just think about it from your own perspective. So yeah, these would be some of the things that tell you when you need to get help.
0: You mentioned that um, therapy is extremely expensive in India. So I assume that um it's the more wealthier part of India, Indians, Indian youth that would be able to access it. What would the the low income group of Indians be able to do?
1: So um, the government has different kinds of programs, and different states have different programs, and um, they they get access to free. Uh, but you need to have like a very serious mental illness for it, like schizophrenia right. or something like that. Um, what they do is they give you, they come into your villages, um, they assess you, and they give you a medication. So um, that's, and, and different states have different um, versions of it. Those are the government district rural mental health programs and things like that. But now again, with the pandemic, there have been a lot of uh, helplines that have opened up across different regional languages. So people can call and talk and, um, you know, just vent about what, what is going on, especially because financial security is really low. Um, And the minute financial security kind of drops, mental health issues increase. And we've seen that, um, especially with young women in their 20s, there is a huge correlation uh, with that. But also in general, um, you can see that uh, when
0: when financial security isn't there, mental health uh, conditions are likely to rise. All right. Well, thank you so much for joining us today. We really appreciate it. And we wish you all the best for the future. Thank you for joining. No, thank you for having
1: me. (laughs) Thank you for having me. And um, best of luck to all of the young people that work with you. Um, I've interacted with a few of them. They're pretty incredible. And um, all the best for the work that you're
0: doing. Thank you. Thanks for listening to the Tribes for Good podcast. If you have any questions, feel free to reach out to us on social media or through our website www.tribesforgood.com